Radio. On Friday, I was at a retreat for young men discerning priesthood um, over in Carnforth in Lancashire, which is a, a beautiful place for Lancashire. Um, and I was speaking to another priest who said he decided, um, after careful reflection, to spend the whole weekend there and get supply because he'd seen that it was Trinity Sunday this weekend and it meant he wouldn't have to preach. And that's the reaction and the joke that many priests make on this weekend. Because people paint the, the Trinity, the mystery of the Most Holy Trinity, as being a bit like a conundrum, as being a mathematical problem, something that is really just beyond us. Well, it's true that it is what we call in our faith a mystery. But mystery has a bit of a bad name. You know, you have those conversations reported often where people say, so how does this work? You know, how is Jesus both God and man? How is there three persons in one God in the Trinity? And people say, well, it's a mystery. And then don't say anything else. But of course, it's not a mystery in the sense of we can't say anything about it. It's a mystery in the sense that we can't comprehend it. We can't ever understand it fully. But we can understand some things about it and indeed what the church teaches regarding it. And when we think about life in general, there's nothing we understand fully. Take a tiny fly, you know. We start analysing it enough. We'll get to a point where we just say, well, that's kind of a mystery why that's the case. But anyway, we just stop there. Well, it's similar with our, the mysteries of our faith too. We can go a certain way, but we always have to admit that because we're talking about the things of God, it will always elude us to some extent. Now, this mystery that we celebrate today concerns the nature of God himself. And there's a reason, of course, that God would reveal this to us. He doesn't just reveal things to us for fun. You know, he reveals things to us because they are helpful to us. And we should be motivated if we understand that it's about the nature of God to understand something about it. So God is one. We know that we believe in one God, as we say in the creed, but we also believe in three persons, that God is one God, but one God in three persons. And those persons are bound together in the most profound unity. But the persons are also distinct, they're different, so they're not the same. There's something distinct about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God didn't become this way. This isn't something that happened once upon a time. From eternity, this is how God has always been. He's always been Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bound together in a communion of love. If we keep that in mind when reading the Gospels, then things that Jesus says takes on, they take on a kind of new um, power. For example, when Jesus tells us to love one another, yes, Jesus shows us in his life, and we can imitate him in pouring out our life in love, 
But even before Jesus shows us, that's how the Father, Son and Holy Spirit have been from eternity, pouring themselves out in a communion of self-giving love from eternity. The readings this weekend speak to us about the wonders of God's creation. We heard in our first reading from the Old Testament, from the book of Proverbs, who describes creation from the perspective of wisdom, as if wisdom was a person sitting at God's right hand as he creates the mountains, the hills, the seas, lays the foundations of the earth. And the psalmist then, who writes from a human perspective, sees these same marvels of God's creation, and yet recognises that as marvellous as all of that is, the amazing thing is that God has created the human being as more important than any of it. That he has given a dignity to the human being that's beyond anything else in the whole order of creation. The psalmist says, Yet you have made him little less than a God. With glory and honour you crowned him. Gave him power over the works of your hand. Puts all things under his feet. Now for many years now, they've been searching for traces of extraterrestrial life. You know, the existence of aliens. And what's interesting after so much money, so much research has been done, that there's not really a piece of solid evidence that there's anyone but us in this universe in terms of intelligent life. No evidence suggesting anything other. So the more we discover about our universe and about our world, it's as if it's all here with us at the center. It's all here for us. We believe as Catholics that God made us in his image. He made us in his image and likeness. And if we're marked with his image, then it means that the way that God is, the nature of God, has implications for us too. So if God is a trinity of persons bound together in love, then we could expect to see that reflected in some way in human nature, in how we are. And I think if we reflect on ourselves, we see something at play that reflects the Trinity. For example, our yearning for relationship, our yearning to be connected to each other, to be in a family, to belong to a community, to belong to a church, People are thirsty, they're yearning for belonging. People are thirsty to give and receive love. That's because we're all wired for God. We're all wired for communion with the Holy Trinity, for communion with God. We're wired for relationship. And we should bear that in mind in everything we do as a church. When we evangelize, we should be conscious of this desire within every human being to want to relate, to want to connect, for the deep chasm within us that's really a thirst for God. 
And unless we experience in our life, unless we experience authentic love, so unless we are able to give and receive genuine love, it means also that we won't be happy and we won't be fulfilled. And in fact, when we don't give and receive love, there are disastrous consequences. How many people are there in our world seeking to fill in that desire with, within them for God, for relationship, for love with other things? And of course, doing so much damage to themselves in the process. So what do we do? What must we do, given that this is how human nature is, given that God is a trinity? Well, first and foremost, we need to allow ourselves to be authentically loved by God. It's worth reflecting on the fact that when God created you, he didn't need you. God didn't need any of us. The doctrine of the Holy Trinity, if it says nothing else, tells us that God is not lonely, that God doesn't need to create somebody in order to share his time with his company, that it wasn't like God was bored when he created you and I. No, we are the result of the overflowing of God's love, the fruitfulness of authentic and true love. That's why we're here. That's why our universe is here. And we only exist in this moment. We're only able to be in existence because we are continually held by the love of God in existence. So from the beginning of eternity, God decided to create your soul, your uniqueness, your personality as it would turn out with all its idiosyncrasies, with all your gifts, with all your particularities. He brought you into being, not out of love, sorry, not out of need, but of love. He brought us into being out of love. And he delights in us. He delights in us. Now, sometimes this is more difficult than we would think to accept because we are often wounded. We're often wounded by the lack of human love that we have had in our life. Maybe a parent didn't love us as they should have done. Maybe someone mistreated us. Maybe even we received abuse in some way. And because of that, we have a really hard time believing that God loves us and believing that he delights in us. But not only creation tells us that God loves us, but also the cross, also Jesus having died for us. That's how much God loves us. That's how precious God thinks every human being is. So we have to be convicted of that because if we're not convicted, then we can never truly share the joy of being Christian with others. We will always be half-hearted, but if we are convinced, then we will share, not just in words, but by showing people what the love of God does in our life. In the little and the big things, we will love them because our love 
is a response to the love of God. So let's show people the difference that that love makes to us. Let's ask for a faith in that love. Let's ask for a living faith in the love of God for each one of us. And ask for the strength to live out our faith in response to that gift. May the risen Jesus convince us of this love and help us to convince others. Amen. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.